Uh, it's me on my own at the moment. Ah, there we go. Terry's joined. Hi, Terry. Finally. Jesus Christ. What a nightmare that was. Oh, my word, mate. I was a little bit scared there for a second. I thought I was going to have to film. <laughs> I've, I've, had to, I've had to come outside and sit in my truck. Ah, nice, nice. The internet, the internet isn't work. I was in the garage because I've just put the kids to bed, and the internet isn't working. The what? The router is about twenty foot away from me here, and it still wouldn't work. <laughs> so I just shut my phone down, restarted, and it went. Luckily, no, that's cool. That's cool. Chinese stuff. That's what it is. Well, just to explain to all the viewers, um, basically, Lance is currently uh, living up at Thought Park. Um, he said he <laughs> might be able to get on. Uh, but he's got to convince the missus to let him jump in on the hotel. Hi, Wayne. Um, and then Mike and Paul are off testing night vision at APOC uh, this evening. So um, at the moment, it's just me and Terry, but that's great. Terry, thanks for joining us. Right, thanks for having me. Um, so, yeah, we'll just uh, give it a couple more minutes just to let anyone join us that wants to jump on. Um, Terry, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, obviously, there's people here that might not know who you are. Yeah, OK. Uh, so... Obviously, I'm Terry. I'm from from SEO Airsoft. We uh, we've been organising. Well, we started off uh, running events for uh, at CQB site at a CQB site we had in uh, Ramsgate. We progressed on. We've done. Uh, we ran Bush Valley for a couple of years uh, before we stepped away from that. And now, primarily, we're doing um, directing events for other people. So we don't have the hassle of the day to day stuff. We just get to come in and do all the Gucci stuff. Nice, nice. So, what's what's your background then? Other than obviously, you know, running the events at sort of SEO and Bush Valley and the like. Well, the, my airsoft background. Oh, a bit of both. Tell, tell us more about you. Oh, there's not a lot to tell, to be honest. I'm a pretty boring guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. For airsoft background then. So how long, how long have you been playing airsoft? Uh, I think about eight years, I think. Essentially, I, I started playing airsoft because I couldn't play football anymore and I wasn't very good at golf. So, oh, uh, yeah. so airsoft took over. It's good for migration. Golf was not good for migration. <laughs> I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rubbish at even mini golf and crazy golf. Like, just it's not good. <laughs> I, that, that was my frustration. One day I'd be amazing, the next day I couldn't play at all. So, I end up wanting to throw my clubs in the lake. It's not, it's not, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> not good for the rage. So, that, no, that fair playing, playing so did this you game. start? Did you start with Milsims or have you kind of like, eased into that? Uh, well, I, my regular site that I played every single month was Shadow Ops, which is obviously run by a member of Saber, Sterling Sabre team. He's a good friend of mine, actually. But um, they play, have always played a Milsim style. So skirmish. I've done a bit of skirmish in here and there, but it's, it doesn't really float my boat. I do a bit now with my son because he's only 12. So taking him to a Milsim is probably not the, uh, not the greatest <laughs> idea. So, uh, yeah, he, he had his first one at Imperium in August. So, uh, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, so he's had a couple of games. and So I'll do that with him. That's just good fun because that's just me and my lad. It's not, not a big deal. But, yeah, I've, I've always been more Milsim-based. I have no military background, but I've always preferred that, that style of game. Yeah, I do find personally that um, skirmishes are a little bit like herding cats sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, good fun. They have their place, and I, I don't judge anyone for preferring it. People that say I'd rather skirmish than um, play Milsim, great, crack on. That, it, 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 without the skirmishes, there's nobody that we play uh, Milsim because you've got to start somewhere. Effectively, we'd have no players. I think no, if you spoke to 99% of the guys that turn up at a, a Milsim are, are either going to be ex forces and 
they want to they're weird and they want to continue doing their job as a hobby after they quit it or um or they're guys that started off skirmishing and fancy something a little bit harder i say harder different not harder that's not fair yeah so you uh you said obviously that you uh you organize events as well now do you, do you find that um you're organizing more than playing oh definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah i hardly play at all now yeah, fair enough so uh, what what drew you into organizing then because obviously that's that's quite a step change um well originally we were supposed to be solely uh, a retail outfit but Mikey, my, my long-term business partner, unfortunately doesn't get to do much with me anymore because of other commitments. But he uh, he kept wanting to do to run a CQB site. Uh, he's been in the game far longer than I have, as, as long as it's been a game, effectively. So he uh, he kept progressing it, progressing it, progressing it. And then the opportunity come up to run the CQB site. I thought it'd be fun. It was fun. Don't make any money at it. It's more hard work than it's worth in terms of profit, but it was a good laugh. So started off that way um i don't know just a sort of a natural progression start having ideas uh, i think it was uh trying to create something that i'd like to play for other people maybe and then they've got better and then some of them have been worse maybe but you you sort of just try and improve all the time don't you yeah all right so in the comments rage file uh, regular to the show. Milson seems to me to be the opportunity to all the things I trained for I did in the forces without the risk of being shot in the face. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Do you know, I can pretend to be the best soldier in the world, but that's only because there's not real bullets flying at me. I'm pretty sure I've been absolute pansy in a real, real world situation and hide and cry like a little girl. That's yeah. the truth. <laughs> I think that's most of us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I think some people seem to think they've done a bit of Bill Sims. So, uh, if a zombie apocalypse hit, they'd be able to kill millions of zombies. No, you wouldn't. You would get yeah. eaten first. That's that's <laughs> the, the fact of it. Yeah, cool. So, um, what what sets your Bill Sims? I'm going to ask. I, I've written a list of questions. Yeah, that's um, cool. So, what 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 sets your Bill Sims apart from like others others that run around the country? Um, but what, what do you think you bring to the table specifically? So, if it's a summer event, I've heard this said by others to me, that we change the way it runs because because we get such a varied sort of player to our own ones, not ones we're organised because this Imperium one's something completely different. But for argument's yeah, sake... We'll, we'll talk one, about Imperium specifically later. Yeah. So the ones we've done ourselves, um, there's certainly a more personal touch to it in that we will we will almost, as much as I say we won't do it, mother people in that we, we can drum home, bring the right stuff, bring the right stuff, make sure you've got this, but we know there's going to be some people that don't. And rather than just letting them die, we will do something. We will light a fire. We will take people out. We will call somebody's parents to come and pick them up because we're concerned about their condition at that point in time and carry their kit out of the game area for them to make sure they get taken away. You, we, we will do those things, uh, and I ta especially in summer, I tailor it so that it's deliberately slow because mm -hmm. because we have guys that haven't done it before and we get the, the absolute mix. Like I said, we get a lot of ex-servicemen who know what they're doing and they will deliberately slow themselves down and others around them, but then you get some guys who still feel they can skirmish for 24 hours. So we do things to make it slow. Um it is, it is a bit more personal in that people will message me directly and I will give, I will 
deliberately put things into a game that I know players will enjoy. But I will look at, because we always did it with smaller numbers, I would look at the people that are coming and 90% of them I know well enough to say, well, that person or that team would really enjoy it if this happened. And that team would really enjoy it if that happened. So we always try to do it that way, make it a bit more personal. It, we never really made money from from Airsoft. That's not what we're in it for. But it was always, that was the idea. That was that was what was behind it anyway. Cool. Uh, so Rachel was asking, sorry to be a dick, missed the start. What mail sims do you run and are you the SEO guys? I am. I am SEO Terry, yes. It's <laughs> even here on my T-shirt, um, I think I think I've got a t-shirt or a patch or something of your guys somewhere. Oh yeah, we're scattering around everywhere yeah. trying to get people to wear them, <laughs> trying to get your name out there, isn't it? And yeah, I think yeah. the other thing thing that we do slightly different is because I've sampled everybody else's. I take a little bit from each. Mm -hmm. um, I'm heavily influenced on on stuff that comes from the Sterling side because that's my go-to. That's my favourite. All my all my favourite events have been theirs and i've got a massive amount of respect for this, for what they do so a lot of it uh like the medic rules that we'll use and stuff uh, uh not direct not rip-offs but a lot of it is influenced from yeah their sort of ops um a little bit from legion as well because i've got a, again i've got a lot of respect for those guys uh so i can take stuff from them yeah just a bit from everyone everywhere we've been see what they do, take a little bit on board and then, and then make it something different. That's the idea anyway. No, that's cool. So, I mean, do you get a mix of um, players? You obviously said to sort of, uh, yeah. you know, one of the things that sets you apart is you can help other people if they, if they need it. Um, I mean, do you find you get yeah. like a general mix? Because I know Sterling sort of seems to get, from my understanding, like a lot more of the hardcore players. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, it, it is that. And I think people are scared to go. Because they know, I mean, the thing is, those, those ops are designed to say, right, this is the information you've got. You'd be there at this time. If you're late, you're not playing. If you haven't got the right kit, you're not playing. And this is what will happen. That's it. Um, which is great for, for me, because that's what I want. I'm not I, I won't need to be mothered. I want to go to an event and just have it like that and, and be great. But, I mean, I've, we've had guys that have done one two skirmishes and then said we'd really like to try milsim and they come to our events so you do have to look after them you've got to bring them through yeah. i mean they're not ex-military guys if ex-military guys you just want them to get on with it but these guys have, have just walked into airsoft one weekend three weeks later they want to do a 24-hour op you know they're going to crash you know they are because they're going to try and go all the way through so you just have to look after them so we do get that i have always had that but also we tried the guys that came to our skirmish because our skirmishes weren't weren't skirmishes they were organized we would it's not trained because that's not not the right phrase because i can't train anyone but it, it's bring them through to the way we want to play educate yeah so that's it's cool. it's nice we've got we've got guys that played with us at cqb came to us for skirmish events done milsons of us and now they've gone off to do proper ones effectively you know what i mean that, that's how i look at it yeah, I mean, it's important for new players to appreciate their limits. Um, I know I've done Milsons in the past where I've been with players that just haven't eaten anything all day. It's like, you really yeah. need to get some food in your now. Um, yeah. But actually, that brings me on to my other question. <laughs> um, so what, what sort of common mistakes do you uh, would you sort of say you see from both oh, experienced right. and like novice players? 
So it will be the rocking up at a game with a four pack of Monster, um, a couple of pot noodles, and a half a litre of water, and thinking you're gonna you're gonna be okay. That is definitely the telltale sign. And uh, I haven't brought a sleeping bag with me because I don't intend on going to bed. Um, that's another one. And also that that saying with, oh, I haven't brought any sleeping kit because I'm just going to sleep on my coat in the floor, uh, in my coat on the floor. That That's another one we've seen. All those things are big. No, you're not actually going to do any of those things. You're, you're going to eat properly and drink properly. I mean, if it's the summer, you'll find me like a mother following people around saying, drink that, drink that. But we just end up with water everywhere because... Like I say, guys will turn up and uh, even even players that are seasoned, one of them turned up to an event a couple of events ago with biscuits and whatever else it was, no proper food. And these these guys are real proper players, so you just it's a mass yeah massive no no for me. Yeah, so it's not even it's not even like airsoft related. It's just literally taking care of yourself. Just make sure you get the fundamentals right. Yeah, this is the thing: the airsoft side takes care of itself. If, if you can no longer feel like you can shoot or that your equipment's failing, that's not the end of the world. But if you if you hit a brick wall because you haven't eaten properly and you've drank four monsters and a pot noodle and eaten a pot noodle all day, that's that's health. That's serious. That's not a, that's no longer part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, I mean, talking to sleeping and stuff, what would be your sort of typical Milsim setup that you'd sort of oh, recommend... For- for oh, me, for yourself or, or for gamers, well, yeah. Sort of. So, so the punters I expect to be in um, in bivvies and under bashes, and I will sleep in a nine by nine landy tent because that's how yeah, you've I got to have a bit of comfort, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm running the up, uh, generally, I mean, most of the ups I go to have, have always been uh, urban, so you're in structures and buildings and whatever else. But if it's hard routine, then personally, I'll be under. Under a bash, uh, under a basher and a bivy, just a standard issue DPM one, nothing fancy. Yeah, no, fair enough. Ah, right. How important do you think role play is? Massive in a mill team. Massive. Because, uh, so there was an interesting question. Um, so we've got one of the Octo Eight events coming up. So yeah. There was an interesting question posted on there about does calling hit during a mill team reduce realism? And there was some interesting comments, both two and four. Uh, for you know. Obviously, if you don't show any indication of being hit, then you're just going to keep getting shot. Uh, But then conversely, you know, a lot of people don't want to be just playing a skirmish day. They want a little bit more realism and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, What what do you think? So for me, 90% of the Milsim stuff is non-combat related. So the actual physical combat side, the shooting, is a tiny fraction of the event for me. So... Most of my, if I picked out individual ops I'd done within a, within an event that I'd been on, my favourites. So for argument's sake, a few weeks back I was at Gloucester Prison with Sterling. In the middle of the night, our call sign was tasked with uh, going round. We, we were get, we were shown on the map. We were briefed about where all of these locks were. We were tasked with breaching all of these gates without being detected. So I didn't even need my rifle. We literally snuck around the site under under night vision clipped all the locks and went back. We were then told to, uh, we were asked, we were told there was potentially a HVT in one of the wings. So we were to sneak through A wing, into B wing, up the stairs and into C wing, undetected and then clear floor by floor and slot everyone in their beds and check if it's HVT. Again, 
I sort I sort of led that assault, so I didn't again didn't fire my weapon. But those two ops within that event were my two favourite, and I never fired my weapon at all. Didn't even need it. I, I could have been not carrying it. So I don't think necessarily call it having to call hit is taken away from the realism because often there isn't that much shooting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, with the battle scene we ran a couple of weeks ago, I used ten times more ammo at that. As, I, as an organiser, 10 times more ammo in that than I did at that whole weekend at the prison. I, pro- I never went into a third mag at any point. So it's, um, for me, I don't think it affects it, saying hit. I think it's a necessary evil just to keep this, the actual combat side going. If, if you've spent half an hour with a call sign or a platoon sneaking into position and then you strike a fob, and you kill everyone before they get, or most people before they get a chance to move. You just want them to let you know they're hit and get out of the way. I don't think there's time for them to play act, falling on the floor and pretending to have been shot and stuff, especially if you've just woken them up. No one's in the mood for that. They might <laughs> just want to shout, put their hand out their pit and just shout hit and not get involved because they might be broken from the whole day. So that's kind of where I sit with it. I think it's a necessary evil. Calling hit is what we do. It's part of the game. I don't think you can take it away. Yeah, fair enough. What's the uh, what's the prison site like? I've not had a chance to go up there. Ah, uh, immense, absolutely immense. That's the second because I, I was there in February with them uh, when it was supposed to be at Senny Bridge, but got cancelled last second. I could not I cannot tell you how happy I was to not be going to Senny Bridge and to be going there instead. But um, it's just a different dynamic because it's so small but you can lose so many guys in there. I mean, it was they were very clever in how they broke it all down into groups of six and you couldn't, they, each team was given an admin area that you couldn't break, breach, everyone had to wear a mask. It was all very organised and clever to, to be COVID um, compliant. But at the same time, there were, you could have, I don't know how many guys were there, but there was a lot of guys there and they were all, you'd lost them. You, you never felt like it was uh, too many. It is very, very good sight. Nice. I mean, who, who doesn't it, want to play for a prison in the dark? Let's be honest. Exactly. Is it called, like, I mean, presumably all the all the cells and everything are like. Yeah, it's complete. Yeah. It's only shut seven years ago, so you can get you can't get onto the top floor of the cells, cell wings uh, A and B, for whatever reason. I think it's probably to do with the, there's no full arrest netting, but you can yeah. go right the way through the ground floor, chapel, kitchen, all of it, the whole lot, school, the hospital, everything. Um, and you've got all the different wings. There's nothing you can't do. And when you're moving through the wings, you've got a clear cell to cell. It's, it's fantastic. Really, yeah. really good. I've, um, I've played before. There's the tunnels. Um, I can't remember the name of the site now. In Epsom. Epsom, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my word. That was That's a scary place. It's like an old communication Quite, bunker under the ground. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's pitch black. But so they're, they're, they've got like a little jenny outside, a little port- portable lighting. And we had to clear this old shower block from like World War II. And people are just popping out, and I nearly shout myself. I'm not even kidding. It was, it was proper <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Um, so, how important? Uh, I'll jump this one. How, what, what for you determines a good event then? So again, all the best events for me that I've attended as a player, I've hated at the time. You know, where you feel like oh, this is terrible. I've, struggling i'm not coping and then you're relieved when it's index and then all the way home you think actually that was fucking brilliant 
And then over the course of the next day, the next few days, you start to think, oh my God, yeah, that was amazing. And then by the following weekend, you miss not being there. Mm. So that all of the best ones are the, probably the ones that have driven me into the ground and then grown on me later. So it, 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 for me, it it's really hard to explain what makes it for me. It's definitely um, the social side of it, as in being not because uh, I don't. I quite often go on my own, but to being part of a team, even if it's a completely random bunch of ten lads that you've never met before, you mm-hmm. absolutely bond over a hard op. So that's fantastic. But it's 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 the, it's probably the um, the physical pushing, the me- physical and mental difficulty makes it for me well conversely then what's what what ruins an event for you um not obviously naming any specific events or anything like no, that we're, we're not about well, that on this channel but uh the, the worst for me is because i've gone somewhere with the wrong attitude so even and then i'm not as a new player as i've been doing it for years and then i've gone to an event that i've come away from in my mind absolutely slating it and then a couple of years later, retrospectively looking at it, actually, it's my fault because I went there in the wrong frame of mind, hanging as well, which didn't help. But, um, yeah, in, in the wrong frame of mind, so that, that ruined it. But f- for me, it, it's, it's, it's the blatant flouting of the rules because there is death. I mean, you, if I go to a skirmish, I accept there'll be some guys who won't take their hits now, not necessarily deliberately, but because the excitement, there's potentially 150 people there all shooting at the same time. There's loads of noise. You might not hear the hits. You might not feel it because you're running forward. I get that. And so I accept it. When you go to Milson, you expect it to be impeccable behaviour. So when you see a scenario like I've seen where you see a grenade, when you're dead watching, you see a grenade bounce off the floor and go off beside someone's head a foot away. So you're wondering how they're standing up and they shake their head, then pull an LMG up and start firing it. That That's the kind of thing that ruins it for me. Mm. It's um, the absolute blatant cheating. I, I get, Again, I understand if you're fully kitted up, you might not feel a hit. So that happens. But if a grenade goes off next to your face, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is that a specific thing you're referring to, or just a? There is that is that is a specific <laughs> event, yeah. But I made my feelings known that at that moment in time. I'm not gonna. Again, it's it's in no relation to the actual event organizer. It's not their fault. They can't they can't pinpoint every single player who does something wrong. Yeah, uh, as it goes, you can't, but, you can't marshal the whole game, can you? No, so, of course not. If you've got, got to marshal, good luck. But I mean, exactly that. I mean, we've always tried to the small events. We try to have marshaled from within because. I don't want people walking around telling people to not go here and not go there. It's, you've got to have a bit of freedom and trust in that game, I think. Yeah, cool. So, uh, in terms of like LMGs and stuff like that, then do you, do you find it's important to have like proper defined team roles? So you know you've got your medic, you've got your sniper, you've got your your riflemen, your support gunners, and things like that. So, it, in an ideal world, uh, for me. Snipers should be deployed purely for recce work. And I would want mine deployed at the start of the event. And I don't want to see him again unless he gets shot. I want him feeding information back, doing his job, maybe setting organised ambushes, whatever else. 
but I just want them out on the grounds. You know, even if they don't shoot anyone, their job is to remain undetected and give intel back, or eventually, <coughs> potentially carry out hits, strikes, whatever else. Um, within the team, definitely, I like to have. It's not not possible at the moment, but I definitely like to have a defined medic within the team because I think that adds a dynamic in that you've got to look after your medic. Definitely like to have the organisation of having a, a TL, a two IC, uh, a radio operator, and a medic. But that is something that I'm keen on. In terms of breaking it down into weapons class, not so much. That doesn't bother me. I'm not. I don't really care. I mean, I'm not going to let a call sign have three LMGs on an event because I think that's just stupid and makes you combat effective. But the um, yeah, I'm, I don't care. Use whatever weapon you want. It makes no difference to me. What do you think about like uh, pyro and stuff like that? So it's obviously there seems to be a growing trend with mortars. Um, yeah. Becoming more and more popular. Um, I've I've banned them from being shoulder and at the events we organise, I've banned them from being shoulder fired. Oh, well, the because, ones where you hold it up like that. Yeah, you yeah. can use the the shoulder mount, but I want them going up at forty five degrees. Mm. Um, uh, if you if you look within the insurance documentation for for a lot of sites, I don't know about all, but certainly a lot. When it comes to because they they will specifically name certain. Uh, pyrotechnics that are, that are insured and not insured so new stuff to the market isn't covered within your insurance you've got to check that but also things like tags are often named within and and it states must be fired at 45 degrees so if you're firing them at face height across the site it's effective completely appreciate that and if you fire them at 45 degrees they're going to air burst but they're quite often specifically supposed to be fired at 45 degrees so I'm keen for them not to be fired at head height. Uh, definitely not with impacts and definitely not with mortars because if one of them hits you in the head, it's going to really hurt. Mm. Yeah, so we've like actually... Um, oh, we've been I to an event... Yeah, we've been but to an like event that. where someone got hit in the side of the head with a tag round. Um, you had to stop play for sort of five, ten minutes while you know, they kind of... Re not regain consciousness, but they were definitely swaying on their feet a bit. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam from... Um, uh, that's helping me with this event. He, we, we were at, uh, where was this one? Care went a, a couple of years back. I was on task force, he was on op four. And during an assault, he, he was sitting there having his breakfast outside a building in the morning, and someone hit him in the chest with a tag and it, it detonated on his chest. Um, so his, his t shirt was all burned to smithereen, and it just shows he, he was sit, literally sitting there warming his beans up but, <laughs> and having a coffee. <laughs> And, he, and he's been hit with one. So you, you do have to be careful. And it was a complete accident. The guy that, that hit him was at, totally mortified. He was really upset. Uh, in fact, he didn't play any further part in the event. He went and sat out and got upset. But these things happen. So, yeah, I, I love pyrotechnics. I think they have, they have a really big part to play, but used correctly. I mean, I'm a big advocate of, um, of remote debts and stuff. So mm -hmm. I love it all. I just want it to be used properly. Yeah, those those little surefire or alpha fire things are really hard to find at the moment. I've been trying to pick some up, but um, I've, not, I've not found any. So if anyone's got a link, that'll be great. I'm going to use this as a little. I want to for the uh, the maroons. The for the yeah. Or the actual detonators. Oh, well, the actual detonator as well, but but both parts. The maroons, the maroons have been finding a little bit more of, but. Well, I um, I don't use them anymore. I've actually I actually have got um. Uh, what do you call them? Like the old French bangers. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So I imported a load of them from Poland. Uh, and I use an e-candle that attaches to them, works in exactly the same way. I don't take them to anybody else's events because obviously they would be upset with me turning up with some random <laughs> Polish explosives. But for us, because I've got some that are uh, sort of between Mark 7 and Mark 9 volumes, so when they're for a prop, they're fantastic. But, mm. I mean, I paid 75 quid, including postage, and I've probably got about 300 charges. So okay. it's... Um, yeah, they're, 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 that's the way the way to potentially go. Yeah, top Terry tip there. Yeah. Um, Just don't go taking them to random. Make sure you tell the site. Yeah. Or ask the site, can I use this? <laughs> Before they catch you yeah. using some unsolicited Polish. <laughs> it's, an important, it's an important point because obviously like homemade explosives and pyrotechnics are generally a big no-no for a lot of sites. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've played at a site before where we've just had fireworks fired at us. Um and whilst, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of cool from the perspective of being on the other end, when you've got a firework just firing towards you and then, you you know, you're just enveloped in this big plume of smoke and fire, um, it's not the best yeah. thing in the world. It's not, um, idea, it's not what no, you want. No. That's um, not for your, uh, for your Sunday skirmish. <laughs> no, not exactly. exactly. Uh, let's just jump on the comments for a sec. So, uh, uh, so Lance, Lance, who was meant to be joining us on the chat, who uh, I believe is probably just sitting in the hotel room watching this. Uh, I can't stand seeing bits of water tubes being used as rocket launchers. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I, agree. I saw one at one of our events. I saw one back afterwards, and that's where I said you can't do that anymore. I mean, it looked really cool, but still, I I could see uh, this was fired. And, I, and then in the video, you can see actually only just goes over um, Jim from Platoon Store's head. And, you know, if it's a foot lower, and um, it's probably deliberately put over his head, but if it, what if it clips a branch and then whacks him in the back of the head? It's, um, it's a get shut down, that guy potentially seriously injured. It, it's not good for anyone. No. Uh, Rage file. nobody who has ever, so this is obviously referring to the hit, nobody who has ever been shot for real has ever shouted, I'm hit, medic, fuck, shit, mummy. They just raise their hand and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey. Uh, Graham Hoffman. Hi, Graham. We need more RPGs, not mortars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah again. I mean, uh, Jim Imperium is with the armour has implemented that you must, it, it might, doesn't matter what you fire, tag, it doesn't, because he said you can't do it with mortars, but it, it's got to be fired from a converted weapons it's got to be a law mm. or something of that kind if it does you can't just walk up there with your tag launcher and shoot a tag at the side of the tank it's going to get ignored you, it's got to be yeah, one of those little um the little sort of sawn off double barreled things that you sort of the tag yeah launches. yeah yeah you're not rocking up with your pirate gun isn't going to stop the armor yeah. so uh, don't even aim it because it will just run you over it's pointless <laughs> Uh, question for Terry. Does he believe there should be a limit on the pyro that individuals can carry? Obviously, more yes. teams would vary more, but for your average oppo or op or operator, what would you say is a realistic limit for pyro? I would say, if you're talking about what bangs you can carry, I don't think you should be having more than four or five. I mean, let, let's be honest. If you're carry, I, I think you should limit the amount of magazines that you're carrying because I don't think anyone takes in consideration if you're actually carrying 12 AR magazines, the, the amount of weight that that would actually be in reality uh, compared to carrying a, a BB magazine, if it's real steel, it'd be a lot of weight. And yeah, you, you're not going to be carrying around a backpack full of grenades because, again, real grenades are heavy. So it's not, uh, 
it's not realistic. I would expect to see four or five on someone, and that's about it, really. Yeah, but you didn't see smokes. Those. Smokes again, a couple, two maybe. I mean, you just wouldn't carry more than that, would you? So you don't, you don't need more than that. Yeah, I have seen previously. Uh, you know, you've got this. This, to be fair, was at a skirmish, but there was some real young lad who uh, rocked up, and he had an entire backpack full of Mark Fives because I think it's yeah. his birthday or something like that. It was just, he was just like bomber man. He was just like running around, just throwing them out like that. It was amazing. You know what? If it's at a skirmish, I couldn't care less. To be honest with you, you, yeah. you can you can do what you want with them, but yeah, you. Should, I mean, if you, if you're defending a fob, I think you can have as much pyro as you want because you know you would be. Potentially at your weapons cache, so you can do what you want. But if you're out on the ground, it's not realistic, is it, to be carrying no. five thousand rounds and <laughs> seventeen frag grenades and eighteen smoke grenades and you know what? what how much water are you going to carry when you've got all that on it? It's just not. It's not. Right. And they're the people with their four Red Bulls and the pot noodle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they don't need anything, do they? Um, so you mentioned about vehicles. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll cover that in a second. We'll, um, we'll pause for a little break while we do the, the results of the competition. But obviously, how do you see sort of vehicles playing in Millsips? Because that, that, again, seems to be something that I'm seeing more. Um, well, um, I can't be hypocritical of it because if I said anything negative, it's going to really, really put a damper on what we're about to do, given the sheer amount of vehicles that are going to be at the next stop. But... Um, Definitely have their place. Definitely, um, I like. I love uh, like with some of the Legion events I've been to, and I've got a police faction. They'll do a car up to look like a police mm -hmm. car. Absolutely love that. That's that's just you know got siren and got got the blue lights on top. That just makes it for me. That now is a police force. Whereas yeah. the guys, I mean, again, no disrespect because this is what happens at our events. But guys rocking up in all black to play police is fine but these guys have, have gone out looking legit in an actual police car and then i've been to events with sterling where whatever country you're in supposedly the police car's done to match what they do so oh nice you're in you're in chad you've got a chad police car driving around it's uh, yeah. it, it it makes it for me um armors uh, if you've got armor it's fantastic it's a really good element to it and i think that um Personnel carriers are great. I, I really do like vehicles, but again, I think that there's a, a place for a Hilux as well. It, mm -hmm. it, all the all these things, yeah. Vehicle, vehicles are a good mechanic. Uh, they're not as necessary in skirmish. I I think they use them. Places like Imperium use them to manoeuvre guys into different game zones, because you know if you've got to walk across 80 acres to to start a 30 minute game, it takes you 20 minutes to get there. It, it's not constructive, so. I get that. But yeah, uh, I do. I'm a big fan of uh, vehicles in, in events. Obviously used correctly. I've seen them mm. used incorrectly as well, but used correctly is good. It adds to the day though as well for a skirmish event. Because I mean, yeah, if, if I was 15 and playing airsoft on a weekend or whatever like that, and you know, you turn up to a site where you jump in the back of a truck and it takes you across the field. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know? I mean, you I try to really ham it up as well. So if, if I'm in the back with people... I'll be screaming instruction as we're driving in, telling them <laughs> that it's fight, counting them down, and and screaming at them to get out and get into the fight. It's it's just all part of it, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it's amazing. I mean, again, other events I've been to, being in a snatch, and then 
just rocking out of it into the middle of a firefight is immense, even though you get killed in three seconds because they're already sitting there waiting for you. But still, that whole ride in, jump out, feels fantastic for the, for the three seconds that you're alive. Yeah, you do have to be careful getting out as well because I've definitely fallen out the back of a Lambo yeah. before trying yeah. to make a super, super tactical exit. But, yeah, 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 I've done that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but it is, yeah, it, it is good. If you've got them, cool. definitely flaunt them. Nice one. Right, well, let's um, let's have a little break from questions uh, and jump over to our competition. Um, now, I apologise because this is the first time I've ever done this from a technical point of view, so this might go horribly wrong. Uh, but what I've done is we've uh, set up a little slideshow presentation because we literally had tens of entries um, to our competition. But thank you, everyone who entered. Uh, I've put them all in there. So hopefully, if you can see this. Uh, so these were our, our first three. Uh, Wayne in the top right-hand corner was particularly scared. Uh, well, not particularly scared. He said it was a scary photo. Um, so I'll put it up there anyway. Uh, so these these are all effectively runners-up. Uh, the last one will be the winner. So this was another another three. Uh, this guy's this guy's awesome face mask. I'm not even sure what that is, but it's pretty cool. Uh, but the winner, as picked by Terry. So Terry, if you give a little uh, drum roll in any way that you can. Oh. <laughs> There we go. Was Harry Badger and uh, Terry? You obviously you, you judge this competition, so just give us a little bit of a, a spiel as to why you picked Harry Badger. It's, it's the badges and the ultra serious face. Yeah, I mean, so, top twenty-one who can do that pose with that launcher <laughs> and keep that double serious face on. I love it. Brilliant. So I mean, this is obviously based on uh, the. Um, a scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, so obviously he's dressed as scout leader. So yeah, Harry Badger, you win. You win our competition. Um, so we'll be getting in touch with you uh, fairly shortly uh, and we'll be sending your prize out to you. So thanks everyone for entering. Uh, what we'll do is we'll also post these uh, up on the website as well. A website on Facebook, Instagram even. We haven't got a website yet. We're still working on that one. But uh, yeah, congratulations. Um, right. So that, that was that. <laughs> I was hoping to have my own little costume sorted out, but due to some slight uh, logistical errors with eBay and um, a particular <laughs> seller from a, a different country, um, it arrived broken and they've been trying to haggle me on the uh, the refund. So. Oh, I love that. I will give you 30%. Don't leave us bad feedback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I went from all of my money back. <laughs> I genuinely had about five emails ranking from 10% refund all the way through to a full refund. Yeah. So um, that's obviously good. But uh, I'll pop a little quick picture of that in my Instagram as well if anyone's interested after this. Um, but obviously, Terry, one of the reasons we've obviously got you on is that uh, Lance and I, I'm not sure about Mike and Paul, actually. I need to have a chat with him. I think Paul, possibly. Um, we're obviously attending your next event at Imperial. Yeah. I, I believe it's your next event. It might not be. Um, no, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And, so we're and the last one for a while as well. Yeah. Yeah, how come? Just because of Christmas, or uh, I need a break. <laughs> I don't know. I, need a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go and do something myself next month. So, and uh, I think it's time for someone else to have a have a bash for a little while, and then I'll come back. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be joining you. Um, this is, I believe, the first twenty-four hour event we run at Imperium Airsoft. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited because they've got a tank, and I like tanks. Two, um, two tanks now. Two tanks. Oh, oh I, I did see that because they've got like a, a speed tank. Yeah, they've got the without 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 yeah. turret. Nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but do you want to give us a breakdown of that event? 
Like, well, what? Yeah. yeah so sell, sell it to us. <laughs> so effectively, it, it runs straight off the back of the um, BlackRock event we ran in July, which we did to- topically based on uh, an, uh, initially based on a, a sort of semi-rebellion revolution within this country full of the uh, Ramonas who are unhappy about the uh, current state of, of affairs. But obviously, being airsoft, there's a spin to that in that, that, that it turned out that faction, that rebellious group, is actually just a cover-up for a criminal organisation. So it was a, a set-up of, there was a local police force, um, the task force coming in to shut down. Essentially, that the op ended with the organisation moving, so now they're in a new location. There's been lots of intelligence and uh uh, and recce work carried out between then and now, and now it's the return of the forces to attempt to shut it down permanently. So basically, it is the same as every other Milsim, it's just that this one is actually set in the UK. Oh, nice. That does make a change. Like most of them use the... Uh... I mean, we've done the Afghan, we've done we, <laughs> we've done everything else, so we just want it to be something a bit different. Yeah, fair enough. How many, how many factions are there, then? Four. So, who are the different factions? So, effectively, you've got the UKSF guys, you've got the rebel group, um, there is a section of actual civilians, so I don't even know what they're going to do. They are going to have a way of life. They are full-on civilians, unarmed, can do whatever they want because that's always fun. And then there's a separate group um, that are effectively another criminal organisation, small small that are going to be there to, to be influenced by everyone so it's a completely open playboard in that you've got the two main factions then two smaller factions that are open to influence okay well, obviously glad... it's are there to, to, to stop it from just being a full-on force on force fight you've got to be careful the, the sf guys are going to have to be careful not to kill any of them yeah i do like it when there's a civilian element because there's always that shoot no shoot thing um, yeah, it does, I, mean, I find have... make it a lot harder because obviously rules of engagement. If you're not allowed to shoot them, you can't just run into a room just blasting away. No, yeah. So we always we always have quite strict ROE uh, on on our events because the role play is important. Um, but also it gives another element because you can't you can't have a lapsing concentration. These guys will have a pistol tucked down the back of their trousers, so you've got to be ready for it. Obviously, unfortunately, at this point in time. There's none of the stop and search stuff that we would like, and we're all always been happy to be the physical side of it to be um, as much as you want it to be. So, mm-hmm. if you're up for it, you will get properly searched. <laughs> you will get put face down in the ground and and pinned. But obviously, if you're not up for it, then you have to say the safe word, which is always pineapple. But the effect uh, <clears throat> you can always say, I'm not, I don't, I do not want to partake in this, and then just hand over whatever you've got, and that's the end of it. So it can really be as rough or as as nice as you want it to be. But obviously, COVID means we can't be manhandling each other at the moment. Yeah. How, how how are you finding COVID actually? Because obviously, it's it's a it's a shit time for everybody. I think we can all safely agree to that. But I mean, obviously. Yeah. Events and organising events must be a particular kind of difficulty. It's just an extra layer of risk assessing to do, an extra layer of rules to look at and, and break it down. Obviously, we were initially supposed to do BlackRock in April. So that was just postponed indefinitely until the rules changed in July and then we got it on. This time, 
it obviously it's not it's not my site it's not my event i'm just there to direct it so jim's handles all of the uh the health and safety side of it obviously i've got my own risk assessments from from what we've done so but the trouble is it's all vague it's all open to interpretation uh it's not easy is it and because we don't have uh, a governing body or uh, an actual organization that look after us nobody can go to government and say what about us what can we do and not do? Have we got to limit it to 30? Can we do this? Can we do that? No one's doing that for us. So we can only go with the nearest possible, which a lot of people take as a le- leisure industry. So as long as uh, theme parks are open, we can continue. But absolutely, the, the face coverings, the, it's within our kit list that everyone has to have a face covering. I, I generally carry a box of 100 just in case somebody hasn't got one. And then everybody must carry personal um, hand sanitizer. And no contact. That's that's mm. it, effectively. If if you accidentally find yourself, I, I put it into the rules last time. I don't know how Jim's going to do it this time, but I had it that if you went in, accidentally went into a room, because if you're under fire, you might run into a small structure, not know somebody's in there. If you if they've already got their mask up, you just pull yours up until you're able to leave. Then then everyone should be covered. But it, yeah, it is difficult. It, what we we can only do our best and and hope that we um, nobody picks anything up really. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be interested to see. You know, it might be a bit sensitive at the moment whether there's any kind of COVID-based games coming out in the future, because uh, yeah. obviously you've got you've got scope for biohazards and all sorts of things at that. Point. Yeah, and everyone that, everyone's going to have the PPE to wear, aren't they? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I carry obviously within the first aid kit as well as the normal stuff. There now has to be make sure there's gloves, aprons. Uh, and whatever else I mean the fact is if someone has a real injury and I have to get stuck in I'm not going to waste time getting an apron on to deal with it you've got to life or death has got to come before worrying about contracting or giving someone COVID you've just got to get in there and do it but generally speaking if someone's got a minor injury you're going to have to apron up before you can put a plaster on all that crap face visor which I say is is bad but if if it's as bad as as all that and someone ends up critically ill from it then it's worth it yeah yeah i mean we're not going to turn the whole chat into a covid thing but i do think that there personally i think there's a as a risk um and i just think that you know for the sake of just doing a few extra little things here and there i, I don't see it as being a bad thing um yeah. i'm certainly not screaming civil liberties all the time um but well, yeah it's one of those things nothing you don't deserve to be operating because it's yeah. law, effectively, isn't it? So if you do nothing, that would be no different to ignoring the the dual limits for weapons. If you're going to do nothing to minimise the risk of your players contracting a potentially fatal virus, then you may as well be letting them play with a thousand FPF guns, mm. because it, it's the same. It's not it's not complying with law. Yeah. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's going to set this one apart? From other events, so I've been to a couple of Octo Eight games. I've been to Legion games in the past. Why? Why is this one going to be the best event I've ever been to? So, other, other than my positive mental attitude that I bring to it. Well, yeah, I mean there is that. I mean, the the difference with this one is that the the planning is being shared between more people. So Black Mountain Milsian or S, I can't remember what they're called. Obviously, they're a team, but they're friends of mine. I've played with them for years. Those guys. Um, they bring something else to it for me. So there's a more of a team involved. So as, as the actual organiser, all I have to worry about is making sure the event runs well. I don't have to worry about 
any of the other crap. So now I'm not concerned about the safety element. I'm not concerned about the actual how the mechanics of getting people on site parked and in, in position are going to work. I don't have to worry about any of that. So for me, I can fully concentrate on making sure the event's good. I mean, we've got two tanks, so that's kind of... Yeah, cool. I mean, that's that's going to make me giggle for most of the weekend. So. I mean, the fact is, you, you've got the opportunity to ride in a MOG, two tanks, uh, depends on what team you're on, the pins, all of that stuff going on. But there's a, there's a lot of surprises I can't... Not surprises. There's a lot of different things, mechanics going on that I can't talk about. But the act, for argument's sake, the task force setup is going to be better than we've ever done it before. So we have a dedicated fob in there that will be built up. We will be running that. Um, I've had the Orbat. It's not been done as it normal as I would normally do it, which is to the best of my abilities. I've had it or having it legitimised. So it would be like a real Orbat, the real chain of command will be done as it would be, not by me, because I don't have the knowledge, but by, by somebody else. So that side of it. But also, I've brought a team in, a, an actual team to run up for as well. So rather than, you know, myself and Mikey have always done it. We, we've brought other people in, in the past, it didn't work. It went completely, totally wrong and set us back a long way and had me almost quit the sport entirely. It was pretty close to my kit being sold within two hours of the, the end of that event completely and me never doing it again. But we, so then we stuck to just me and him doing it. So we'd have people help us, but he would, he would run up for and I would run task force, whatever the yeah. event was, whatever the way it would be, or between Jim would help us sometimes because I fully trust that guy. But this time I've got a team of three or four guys doing task force that all bring something different, whether that be comms expertise, whether that be actual military expertise and then a team of guys running up four so there's somebody designated to run comms for up four so they will be strong not stronger because they've got some really really good players on that side anyway but that there'll be more of a like a strength to that side of it as well it's, it won't be um it's not an event where task force it's all just for task force to beat somebody up like you get it's it's properly set up for both so and also, there's going to be some really, really cool stuff happening that I can't tell you about. No, that's fine. That's fine. I won't watch you for too many spoilers. Um, it, normally, I take on the actual writing all of the twists and turns myself. I don't tell anyone about them until I make them happen. So only one other person will ever know what's going to happen. So we've done stuff like um, this time last year. We, we did a 24-hour event and I got Richie from Heresy Group to come yeah. with Mike Amos and just mix it up in the middle of the night. They arrived there at eight o'clock in the evening, under nods. Their, their objective was to just take everybody out, but systematically. So they would hit one fob, then the other. Then, and then I'd have people saying to me, how are they already here? So we've only just been to theirs. And I'm sniggering to myself, because I know there's just two guys running around in the dark, <laughs> taking everyone out. And we didn't tell a soul. Yeah. Didn't tell anyone. And, and the only way that people then started messaging me was because Richie did a debrief video. We didn't mention it until then. So then people messaged me saying, was Richie there? We didn't, is that who was shooting us at 10 o'clock at night? But he came in in the evening and then disappeared in the middle of the night. So we always try to do a, a little twist here and there. But this, this is a bigger twist this time because other people have had their input as well. Nice. Cool. Well, it's one to watch. Uh, we'll obviously be discussing it as a, not a debrief because of the, yeah, we, we don't call them that. But uh, Heresy Group, really good guys, by the way. Um, Ty, Richie and Tim. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we will obviously be discussing this uh, post event on here. So uh, we'll uh, we'll catch everyone up with what we thought. So why did you pick Imperium Airsoft out of interest? Was it was it you that picked it? Was it your approach to run it there? Or um, so we did the I I rented Imperium from from them to, to run an event a couple of years ago. Uh, it didn't go as, as I'd like, uh, but for various different reasons, I won't bore any details on it, it, it just didn't work. The um, We then obviously, I, I no longer have, the time. I, I, I got a new job in the city, so I go into London every day from home to, to work, so I don't have time to run a site week in, week out like we were doing, so we gave up Bush Valley, running of Bush Valley so that we could do other things. Um, there'd been conversations between other people saying to me, you need to speak to Jim at Imperium and people saying to Jim at Imperium, you need to speak to Terry because, you know, you could work something out together. He, the reason why, and then I spoke to Jim and from Imperium and effectively he wanted to take another step towards that, that side of things. And if you're going to work with someone, it may as well be someone who is willing to, to really invest um and that's it with that with with jim he's a good guy easy to get on with and he just wants to invest in that site and make it the best it could possibly be so working together we'll we've brought up the, the battle sim side with him and now we're going to move it and it was always the aim was to then he would then want me to do this for him so i, I can't tell you who went to who i'm not even sure anymore it just sort of happened so yeah i don't know I don't know who went to it. I think we just talked a natural, about a natural evolution. Yeah, I think it just sort of happened, and we don't agree on everything. Of course, we don't, and he doesn't see things the same way as I do. Uh, he he's very much into customer services and, and talking to the punters, and I don't care what they think. So it's um, it's kind of it's a good mix. It is it is a good mix. Uh, just yeah, it is good, and it, it just brings the two different sort of sides of it together. Yeah, cool. I, I'm really looking forward to it, to be fair. I've not been to Imperium yet. Um, I've done one of your Nielsen's in the past. Um, I'll be honest, it wasn't the best experience, not from the event running stage, but um, the other half went, the other side went home um, <laughs> at a certain point. But that was that was years ago. When was that? What was that, that was one? A, that was a DEA one at Bush Valley. Oh, destroyed! Uh, yeah, the DA team got destroyed. Yeah, the yeah. DA, the DA got destroyed. I mean, to be fair, that there was all sorts of calling of hit, non hit taking and stuff like that. But it did evolve into just um, cartel versus cartel at one point because the yeah. DA went yeah. home. And that's that's not again, that's not a criticism of you. But obviously, I've not been to one of your events since then, so I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to get better with each one, I think. Um, and that one taught me a few things. There's that's that one. And ironically, the one we run at Imperium are the two that I've learned the most from. I feel really bad because I don't want to sound like I'm dissing you in any way. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't always get it right. I'm not arrogant enough to think that everything we've ever done has been the best thing ever. Um, I mean, the game at Imperium couldn't have gone any worse, I don't think. It just it just went wrong from every single aspect of the event went wrong. Uh, I made mistakes. Well, I made quite a few mistakes, but I... I put people in positions I shouldn't have done thinking that it would be okay. And it wasn't, uh, yeah, just silly decisions. And the one with, uh, the one you're, you're referring to is, um, that, I, that wasn't I, your fault. That really wasn't. Well, I, I, I overestimated the ability of some players. 
mm. and underestimated the ability of others. So in my mind, I allowed it to be uneven in teams because these players I considered to be stronger than these players. And then as it turned out, these players smashed the fuck out of these players. That's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it just sort of crumbled. But again, that, that, was the same the, the, the actual the main theme between those two events is it was trying to um, fit a, a square peg in a round hole. We were we were trying to take guys that are not those kind of players yet and make them play the game we want them to play. So that's why initially after the Imperium one, we actually switched to invite only for a long time because then I could choose who was there because I don't care about. Mm. Making money from it, I'd rather do a forty-man event that was amazing than a hundred-man event that lines my pockets. But only twenty people have a good time. So, yeah, that that taught that taught us a lot in not pushing and then also not underestimating players. No, I would say I don't get me wrong. I do enjoy it because I had a great time with the cartel. But I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it went wrong. It went sideways. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, obviously, I was a HVT for that event, and yeah. um, the team that were protecting me got eliminated. So I had to survive by myself, stuck, being hunted by a large group of you lot. And I lasted, I actually escaped, but I had. You hid in the caravan, years. didn't you? No, I, I allowed people to think I was going that way, and I backed down the hill and, and belt buckled about 120 metres through the shrubbery to come out the other side and killed about four or five guys from behind and then disappeared. Yeah. So I don't know how, somehow managed to escape being captured. But the, the, the whole time that, that that I'm that level of HVT doesn't help because then I wasn't able to orchestrate everything else that went with it. And the other issue there was also we allowed an open lunch. So yeah. people were just disappearing from the field and not telling us. So, it, yeah, it just I think it was uh, people morale dropped because they were getting dumped and they expected to just win. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, um, we're coming to the end, so I'll just I'll just do a few little last minute questions. Um, okay. What's your favourite camouflage? Um, fate. My favourite one to wear is AOR one because I like my plat attack trousers. But actually, in terms of effectiveness, is probably DPM. In, in this country. Woodland or desert? No, no, woodland. Woodland, yeah. yeah that for, if you're going to try and be effective in the woods in this country, don't worry about being Gucci, slap some DPM on. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. We, we wear a lot of uh, DPM. Well, we, yeah. when we can, when we can. There's a certain I mean, I like, of our team that's quite keen on us sometimes not wearing woodland. <laughs> I like that's an, that's an in joke. I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so sorry, Desert DPM. I know uh, that sounds quite popular. Yeah, yeah, I do like that as well. But yeah, it's uh, yeah for effectiveness DPM, but I prefer AL one for just looking good. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, just jump on some of the comments. Uh, we'll have some questions. Yeah, so if this one goes well, do you think you'll do another one there? It's obviously referring yes. to the Imperium event. Yeah. Yeah, there will be more. It, it, I, I can't see it not going well, but yeah, there will be more. Are there already plans for that, or is that just you know wait wait and see how this one goes and then nothing's written, but yeah, there is. It's it's a whole overall strategy in that I've done these couple of battle sims and a mill sim, and then they're gonna 
direct some of their own events, but they still want me to be involved to help. But they're going to direct a few of their own battle sims, and then they want me to come back and do some more next year and whatever else. So, yeah, one every three months is what the eventual target is. Cool. Nice. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, that eight-hour, so this is from Wayne, the eight-hour Imperium scared the crap out of me having the tank around the corner and not being able to do anything about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I heard stories of people pointing AKs at them and stuff, which makes, always makes you smile. But, yeah, um, it definitely adds a different element to the event. I mean, you've still got to get out of it at some point and you're going to get shot when you get out of it so it's, it's not a, a a bulletproof vest as such but it, it, you can yeah. get into position first and then and then roll out of it it's great for that is it is it tiananmen square where there's the uh, the famous picture of the guy staying in front of the tank that's what i imagine is going to happen <laughs> just just a solitary civilian to stand there all these tanks rolling up behind yeah yeah why not you can do it yeah. why not just yeah, don't wait. don't do it in the dark <laughs> yeah blimey <laughs> Uh, Wayne says, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nice one. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, Terry, so much for coming on tonight. Um, sort of taking up the slack. Uh, well, not the slack, but obviously the other guys are busy. Uh, Lance has been answering a few questions and things on the chat. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Terry, for joining us. Um, next week, we're going to be discussing bags and burgers. Uh, so, super interesting episode. That sounded really sarcastic. It will be a super good episode um, where we're going to be looking at uh, basically, you know, we, we've discussed a couple ways of, uh, we've discussed a couple things to take with you on events. Yeah. Carry that. Um, so, we're going to put it day sacks, bags, burgers, and all the like. Uh, a bad um, bag can ruin your weekend, can't it? It can. It can. Especially when it's over full. Um, yeah. Badly packed, so. uneven, uneven load, yeah. rubbish shoulder straps. Spend 10 weekend. minutes. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, the first bag I genuinely ever bought, the um, I don't want to turn this into the next episode already, but the first bag I ever bought, the, the shoulder strap broke within five <laughs> minutes of me putting it on right at the beginning. So I was just single shoulder in this bag for the rest of the weekend. That wasn't well, much fun. A, a little while ago, I had um, uh, an Oscam, Desert Oscam mm-hmm. bag, and you know, it's cool. So I wanted it. So I didn't even bother to check how practical it is. Loaded it up and it was heavy carrying it in, but carrying it out at the end of an event, I, I whacked it on and it pushed um, my belt into the tops of my thighs and I got about halfway across site carrying it and my legs went dead. So oh, no. I was just shuffling <laughs> all the way back, <laughs> all the way back to the safe zone with this bag on. But it went, I, I haven't got it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Kit, kit is an evolution process. Yeah. You, know, you, you do just change out bits and pieces. So, yeah. Uh, just wanted to give a few shout outs just very quickly. Uh, Military Corner uh, in Thetford in Norfolk. This isn't a, a paid advert in any way, but I was up there the other day and um, they, they deserve a bit more love. So if uh, anyone's around in Norfolk and wants to go and drop them a chat, uh, they're really nice guys. I'll feel a few bits and pieces from them. Highly recommend that. Um, and yeah, that's it. Nice one. Thanks, Terry. Brilliant. And uh, we'll see you all next week. So yeah. cheers. Hello, everyone.